0: This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan
1: Nunez. Hello listener and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ and here is my co-host Greg from Studio One Designs.
0: G'day Alan, how are you?
1: And I'm good mate, uh, we're running a bit late this week on recording our podcast, we normally record on a Tuesday and today it's Thursday, but it's great to be here.
0: It is indeed. It is indeed. So, yeah, no, it's not that we've been busy. We just had more important things going on.
1: I've had a few things to deal with with family. So, I've been dedicating my time to that. And, you know, speak for yourself, but I am busy. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> <Fair> it's, <enough. laughs> it's, it's really busy at the moment, you know, which is, I mean, I have no complaints, but I'm. Um, I'm very conscious of my level of energy and ability to focus. It's interesting. I'm just going to shoot off on a tangent here, but i've been I've been using the best self journal for my my planning of my day. Have you looked at the best self journal? We mentioned this on a podcast a while back about uh, you know their offering of their journal, but they allow you to download the PDF for free. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yep, uh, I haven't done it though. Yeah, yeah, no, no, It's it's been good, you know. And there's a little box there for your sort of end of day debrief, where you you put lessons learned, your wins, and what you're grateful for. Right. So that's yeah. that's kind of humor. I love
0: that bit. What you're grateful for. That's. Uh it's a good practice to, to do that every day. Yeah, well, I mean, what they, what they suggest, and, and I'm a big fan of, of
1: gratitude, actually, you know, and I do it with my kids, you know, say, well, what are you grateful for today? But they start and end the day with gratitude, right? So, well, well I mean, there's a spot where you can write, this is, uh, this morning I'm grateful for, and tonight I'm grateful for.
0: I just want to hear one example that your
1: kid would say. <laughs> oh, look, to be honest, my kids struggle a little bit with understanding at the level we might gratitude but they've got to learn at some point
0: yeah definitely yeah
1: so you know we we talk about something new or exciting that they did today right so and that you can sort of tie into to gratitude yeah nice the kids struggle with it a little bit yeah 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 and i haven't actually been pushing it recently to be honest um but my point was right like i'm ac- i've actually got it in front of me here and you know yesterday in my lessons learned you know i wrote down without a good night's sleep it's very hard to focus you mm-hmm. know and you know it's an obvious thing to say but you know, you have to be reminded sometimes, especially as a business owner. We we can we can push really, really hard during busy times, and you become ineffective. and And that's what I found over the last couple of weeks that there were points in time where I was absolutely becoming ineffective, and and I really should have walked away. And things
0: were probably taking two hours; it should have taken thirty minutes. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sleep is underrated. It's obviously we spend about a third of our life to sleep in and If you don't get enough, geez, yeah, your mind knows about it. Absolutely, absolutely. So what have you been up to? Well, not a lot, dude. Just, um, yeah, actually I'm planning a a ski trip because it's bucketing down with snow here and in New South Wales. But uh, obviously, you know, we're in the Southern Hemisphere and we're right in the the peak of our uh, strongest winter for for quite a while, for quite some years. So, yeah, there's like a a metre and a half of snow or what's that, about five or six feet in in Imperial. So, um, yeah, just planning a, a, a trip to the snow next week nice and i can tell you in sydney
1: we are feeling that that snowfall although it doesn't snow in sydney we get the the icy chill that blows up from the south oh yeah. yeah 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 well we live it every day <laughs> yeah better for you better you than me mate uh, I, I like sydney you know we have a nice range of temperature but uh, for us a cold day is still really really quite nice so
0: yeah yeah cool what are we talking about today?
1: Mate, we've got an interesting topic today. This is this is one that that you brought out and and you and I kind of expanded on it, which is, you know, whether or not oh sorry, how can I put this? Should we prioritize designing around latest trends? And and mm. the expansion that we put on it was really, you know, designing around latest trends versus your brand integrity versus conversion strategies. Because latest trends can be great and they can engage a certain percentage of consumers, but does it convert, you know, and is it maintaining your brand integrity?
0: Yeah, and that's exactly right. Like, is it worth doing it just to be up-to-date with the latest trends? Now, in some instances, I would say yes, absolutely. Like, let's say you're in fashion, right? There's no doubt. If you don't follow the latest trends, your brand will die. So you have to stay up-to-date. We used to do that with T-shirt designs, you know? So, in fact, we still do it over at Download T-shirt Designs. We come up with new designs and we, we follow trends which really come down from the catwalk into mainstream society that's where most of the fashion trends start but then designers will use more of a commercial version of that catwalk cuz usually catwalk trends are way too trendy for the average person to wear cuz you'll just look like a freak right
1: right and the thing is is we've become a fashion and trend based society i mean the fashion industry itself puts huge, huge amounts of money into making sure that society is moving with the trends, right? So where you used to might you you might have had a bi-seasonal trend, now it's just it's a constant evolution. You know, you you you, trends in your fashions within a few months have changed.
0: So Yeah, absolutely. I would say also that part of the reason for design trends to change, to keep evolving, is because you know we get sick of looking at the same thing and as consumers and designers as well we always want to be looking at something new essentially
1: yeah and, and, and my point was going to be that we need to be careful as business owners and as designers that we're not being consumed in this societal need to keep up with trends right so yeah you're right as a business owner we might look at a design and think oh well, we need to keep it uh, up to standard for the latest trends but The question is, does our consumer get bored of that, right? I mean, if you have a highly converting design, now it doesn't matter whether it's a brochure, it doesn't matter whether it is, you know, a retail fit out or it doesn't matter whether it's a website or packaging. If it works, you've got to ask yourself the really hard question of, well, am I bored of it because I've seen it for the last two or three years Mm. or are my consumers only coming in contact with it once in their buying cycle or twice in their buying cycle over a shorter period of time so it's just i think it is something to to tread really really carefully with and and i see this often where you know we get requests to redo designs and it forces us to move away from something potentially that is a highly converting
0: yeah highly converting design. Exactly. And just to give you another example, let's say TV ads, right? So if you think back when, I don't know, in the last, I don't know, not so much in the most recent years, but let's say 10 years ago, back to maybe 30 years ago, right? You remember ads because they were on TV or radio or whatever for a much longer period of time. And these days they're not as memorable because they don't they don't get into your mind as much they haven't been you haven't been exposed to it for a long period of time so i think you know design uh, sorry advertising agencies are turning over ads way too quickly to get the result that it could potentially get just to get them more business
1: yeah absolutely you know so what they're doing is they're tapping into the social need to keep up with trends yeah
0: exactly
1: right and and they're doing it for revenue not necessarily because it's the best result for the customers I'm, and I'm not saying that to be critical right like i there are plenty of instances where keeping up with the trends are, are definitely really really important so you know we do a lot of work in the Amazon space okay yep. and not so much trends, but maybe standards have changed in a lot of these marketplaces, um, and it's care of the fa- things like the fashion industry, where consumers' expectations of product images and graphics and, and information and the way it's presented has come up. So you could call that a trend. You know, it's it's become the trend to to have much much higher quality uh, information, have graphical graphics with callouts and things like that in the online space, mm-hmm. um, where in the past it was just sort of a product photo and a block of text like your product description. Yeah. So, you know, there is a big trend now where you know customers are scrambling to get enhanced brand content both on Seller Central and Vendor Central. They're improving the stack of images that go in the in the product description section above the fold. And Amazon is pushing this along. So, they've Mm-hmm. like literally in the last week they and and this this might be dated by the time this podcast comes out in a week or two but they've just released Amazon storefronts and, and a different format of that so store pages so now you can have your own sub e- sub ecosystem within wow. Amazon which traditionally wasn't there.
0: So, yeah, that's cool. You know, keeping up with those trends I think is is critical. Yeah, 100%. We're talking about websites at the moment. So really, you know, for me, like we obviously design websites and we see a lot of new trends that uh that come and go and I'm going to talk about like parallax for instance. So parallax is a, an effect where, you know, as soon as you scroll for instance, Things move at a different rate, or things were flying from the side, and just things are triggered by the scrolling action. Now, I think they're wonderful, I think they look fantastic, however, it can be a conversion killer for a couple of reasons. One, it's quite distracting. So if you are going to use parallax effects, use them to a minimum, right? Just have a tiny bit of movement, but nothing that's going to uh, detract from the main call to action because it is a proven conversion killer if you, if you have too many parallax effects. The other issue is the speed, like Parallax effects are quite heavy as in, you know, the file size and they will slow down your, your, your page speed, which again can affect conversions and your rankings in Google.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a great example of, you know, having to make a decision as to whether the the latest trend is more important to you than conversions. I mean, I was having a, a conversation with a client yesterday and we were talking about the dollar value difference that a 1.5% increase in conversions would make to their business, right? Mm-hmm. And it was huge. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking big, big dollars here and little things like, how fast a website loads you know how well your your product is displayed can definitely have that one and a half percent difference right so if a one and a half percent increase is huge for them what would a one or two percent decrease do to their business it would be it would be terrible so you know we've got to be really careful with that you know another good example i have is I, i have a client who over 10 years we've been doing their product photography and their annual catalog Right. And the trends in that industry have changed as far as how a lot of businesses are portraying their products. So they're using a lot more in situ photography, so in use photography, than product images. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is thanks to the web and, you know, increased technology, the ease of being able to make Photoshop composites. And we've been having this ongoing dialogue about should we be changing? for this and the problem is is that when you actually look deeper into the market a lot of these products are sold from catalog right so the the customer who's buying this product in the retail environment they don't have every single one of these products in the retail store for a customer to view so there's no physical interaction with the product so our philosophy of large white background Very, very, very sharp, high quality images in their catalog has been a huge conversion factor. Mm. Now, what we did is we experimented last year and we inserted a number of in situ shots, had no impact on conversion, right? So there was no increase in conversion. Because we added the in-situ shots to those sections.
0: There you go. It
1: looks pretty. Yeah. It's on trend with what everybody else is doing. Yeah. But it screamed to us that we should not replace our product shots. So we've only got so much space on a page, right? So to put an in-situ yeah. shot, it would have to take up half the page. At the moment, most of our product images are a minimum of a quarter of a page, sometimes half a page. They're really oversized. They're quite large, a lot larger than anybody else does in the industry, right? Yeah. Yeah but it creates sales because people can clearly see what they're buying.
0: Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah, 100%, man. That's a really good example, yeah. Uh, Another example might be, um, let's say a button on a website we know the trend these days is to have a flat rectangle essentially right or even a ghost button which is like a a button that has no fill and just has a key line when you hover it then turns to a solid button but if you think back let's say three years even or four years buttons used to be beveled and they had drop shadows and you know they had a glass effect and things like that and you know what it actually looked more like a real button so and that's why they did it but over time the trend's gone to this flat button, and it's been proven they don't convert as good, so as well as you know the old style button. And so, really, you just want to be careful that you, if you are going to have a button, at least round the corners, okay? So, you can still be on trend, but make it look like you know, at least have a tiny bit of a button characteristic to it. And you can even put a slight drop shadow under it as well, or even a you know, a very flat, darker color of the button underneath the button just to make it look like it's. 3d kind of object
1: i find some of these overly subtle buttons and this is brand integrity versus latest trends versus conversions i think the brand integrity you know uh, i've seen where brands go oh no you know we can't have a button in that color because it's not on brand and uh, and i online you know, on websites, I find it infuriating when I have to hunt for where to click next, you know. Yeah. Uh I, I'm with you, you know, I don't care if the button colour is off brand if it's clearly where I need where, where the next action needs to be taken.
0: Yeah. So that yeah the key to a button colour is really for it to be contrast to pretty much everything else on the page. <laughs> so even if it's not on brand, it will help conversions if it stands out more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and look You know, I find... I'm going to translate this into a retail sales environment so that people can get an idea, right? So let's take three retail outlets, right? Retail outlet number one is a fashion store and what's quite common is the staff that work in the fashion stores dress quite fashionably in normal clothes, right? And I see a lot of these stores, that the the staff don't even have name badges, okay? Mm -hmm. So... I'm looking for help in this retail store. How do I identify what to do next? Who do I talk to? You know, am I humbly walking up to somebody, uh, excuse me, do, do you work here, right? Mm. Or can I clearly, you know, go to go to store B where, okay, they might wear fashionable clothes, but they have a clear name badge or lanyard or something that stands them out to everyone else in the shop.
0: Yeah, or well, they all wear the same colour T-shirt like
1: Apple. Well, this was going to be my next thing, right? So, in that case, I'm still humbly going up there to them and saying, oh, do you work here, right? But I'm I'm pretty sure that they do because I can see these identifying marks. Or you walk into Apple and everybody is wearing their coloured Apple top and I walk up to them and say, hey, can you help me with... Yeah. You know, and, and that's the difference when, when it comes to, you know, how you might design. You know, do you want to be the retail store that people aren't really sure what to, what to do and who to talk to? Or do you want to be really clear on your message and say, well, this is what you do next? You know, click on this button, click on this image. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good example. Brand integrity is important and brand guidelines are important and latest trends are important. But be really, really careful not to be so rigid with those elements that you're impacting on your ability to convert to a sale.
0: Exactly. And another few things that you really should consider if you are thinking about, you know, change in design is, you know, we'll kind of touch on it, but, you know, realistically, does it give your visitors what they want? So stop thinking about yourself and think about your your target market, right? So whether it's a website or, you know, packaging or whatever, if it's getting a good result, then, you know... Is it going to get a better result or the same result if you change it? And you know, if the answer is you don't know or it's going to get a worst result, then why why bother changing it? The other thing would be doesn't align with your brand so you know you see a lot of brands these days that change their logos mainly because they want to keep up with the latest trend you know a latest trend in logo for instance is just to be you know a single color logo and a lot of instances these days it's just the word like turned into a word mark with no supporting icon right so but if you think like brands like coca-cola um, or all these sort of classic brands that have been around forever they haven't changed their logo, and I would say that if they did, it wouldn't be as recognisable. And you also see it a lot with real estate agents. You know, if they change their brand, there's a good chance they won't be remembered. And there was one uh, example that I, I saw recently, which um, uh, a Melbourne-based brand called Nelson Alexander. They their process of changing their brand was. Um, you know they had a big they they went to their people they went to they put out a survey for instance and the survey came back that they shouldn't change their brand because it was so recognizable so they were going to change it to just nelson's because that's what everybody affectionately calls them but they decided not to and the the results were even better all they did was just updated their logo a bit but they didn't go ahead and change the brand because it you know, because they put the survey out and that's what people said, that they remembered them by their full name. So that was a good example. Well, yeah, look, absolutely. But,
1: you know, here's the, the, the inverse of that, right? So you're talking about how they're commonly known. Okay, so I can give you a couple of examples of, of big organizations that have made that shift, but they've done it extremely elegantly and with purpose, and it's been a cohesive journey. They didn't do it for the sake of doing it, they did it with a plan and a strategy, and they wanted to continue it. So, you know, the first one that comes to mind is Apple right the original apple was apple macintosh and now it's mac and you don't see macintosh anywhere it does not exist in their in any of their branding or any of their collateral or any of their products right yeah. so they were commonly known as mac and they've moved to mac right, and, again, done very successfully. And they rebranded. They had that bright, multicoloured look, and they worked into a much cleaner look. And the Apple icon became, you know, iconic as it is as it is today, and the terminology of Mac became the, the lingo, right, and, and was used. Sure. So it's now iMac. It's
0: now, you know, MacBook. Yeah, but, see, that, to me, I would argue that that's a brand that no matter what they did to their logo – it would still be you know widely recognized and it would still be cool and all those things and get the same results because they've got such a huge following you know what i mean they could do anything for a logo i look yes but they could have
1: failed at it just as easily right so i'm just going to i'm going to take this to a three set process. so we talked about apple and their success yep. the commonwealth bank of australia right yeah their main logo still says Commonwealth Bank with their icon. But in so many places, they just Com- use Bank. ComBank because that yeah. was the lingo. Their website is ComBank.com, right, yeah. or .com.au. So, that again, is, yeah. another successful transition. Now, did they completely rebrand? No. The ComBank logo is a secondary to the main one. And I'm sure on all their formal paperwork, it has the full Commonwealth Bank logo on. Right, yeah, um, and here's another one which is the opposite, and it was a failure in this process, which was Uncle Toby's, which is a muesli bar brand here in Australia. They rebranded their their muesli bar. Designs, the boxes and the packaging, yeah. And then they had to support it with this huge campaign saying, "Hey, we're still the same Uncle Tobys." <laughs> but as a consumer of this product, let me tell you, I went to the retail store, I couldn't find it. Oh, really? I didn't know that that was the Uncle Tobys. They had gone so so far from their um, their core brand just to stay on trend. And admittedly, their design was very trendy, right? but it must have had a huge impact on their bottom line for a short period of time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So another thing you probably should consider is, does it have evergreen potential? And I guess, you know, Apple, yes, you'd have to say yes. I mean, it's because of the the fact that it's such a huge brand. But, yeah, someone like Uncle Toby's, it seems to me like it was – they didn't consider those things like, does it have evergreen potential? Um, Is it outcome orientated? Is it aligned with your brand? Uh, Does it give visitors what they want? You know, they they haven't followed some basic rules that you would ask yourself before you change a brand. And and I hate to say it, but I see this all the time in the
1: bigger organizations right especially when a new person comes into a role in that team if they're senior they want to leave their stamp they want to make their mark so it's change we've talked about this on a previous episode it's change for the sake of change Mm-hmm. Right. It's not change with a purpose, change with a strategy, you know, yeah. um, and, and clear tactics on how it's going to be
0: implemented. So, yeah, just be cautious, I think, you know. Be- exactly. Yeah, don't necessarily lead as a design trendsetter, but, um, yeah, be cautious and, and ask yourself those type of questions that we just mentioned. And, you know, you might want to follow a trend, but, yeah, just make sure it aligns with your brand and gets the result that it should Absolutely. I mean, can you can you think of a really
1: good example in the last sort of maybe when we'll talk web because obviously that's what you do in the last five years where a new design trend has been hugely beneficial to consumers if they followed that trend.
0: Yep. So just clean design in general, right? So you know, if you think back. Uh, like a, a website look and feel, let's say a few years, five years ago. It was really quite busy and we were kind of limited at the time with internet speed and, um, you know, technology for, for websites, etc. And so it was really, everything was really small and screen sizes, you know, were probably also smaller. So therefore everything was busy and really competing with each other on a page, right? So now the trend is to just really open it up and make it much cleaner and focus on one call to action per page essentially obviously a homepage can have multiple because it's like a gateway but yeah that trend of everything being a lot cleaner and you know a lot more clear space is a really good trend because that increases conversions
1: yeah absolutely and you know there are examples of hugely successful websites that haven't changed their design with the trends you know craigslist Oh yeah, for yeah. the U.S. customers, Gumtree here in Australia. So these are marketplaces, and yeah, you know, if you go to Craigslist, it 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 could easily have, easily have been designed in the the early nineties and and not <laughs> yeah. not changed, you know. But the formula works, so yeah. You know, I guess as a brand, they've said, well, would. You know, making our interface on, you know, trendy and, and looking like what, you know, some of the other big e-commerce sites are doing be beneficial. And obviously they've mm. decided it, it doesn't have. And I'm sure they probably tested it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure as well, yeah. And look, I mean, to me, yeah, design trend is it's not that important. The majority of the time, obviously, you know, you want to be, you want to look modern and and current, that's for sure. But yeah, if it's going to affect conversions, I, I wouldn't even bother. A lot of copywriters don't follow design trends. In fact, they don't usually use design. They are starting to use design more and more these days, but because it can help with brand integrity. But honestly, you know, for majority of copywriters, if the copy is selling, then that's all they care about. You know, why change it?
1: yeah yeah absolutely i think you can do tweaks to designs to keep it looking trendy that's true right so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to that catalog example that i mentioned earlier in the in the piece so you know at 10 years ago plus when we first started designing you know we used a strong primary and secondary color in their branding right mm-hmm. and we tied that in and that worked at the time it was on trend with what everybody was doing but as you know now with logos like you said it's 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 more to have a it's more about having a single color word mark and mm-hmm. it's often far subtler colors would you agree like it's not the royal yeah. the royal blue. That's traditionally that corporate logo. It's not, you know, bright, vibrant colours. Yeah. It's yeah. it's softer tones, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so the simple tweak we made to that company maybe four or five years ago was to go with grey tones. So their their primary colour is forty percent grey. Mm -hmm. right and silver so so that was our secondary was a was an actual metallic silver ink or a silver emboss on their packaging okay sounds classy yeah so did we change the logo no it's exactly the same logo and and i've been criticized by their internal team oh shouldn't we update the logo shouldn't we make it more trendy and i'm like absolutely not it is iconic within the industry why would we deviate from that it is instantly recognizable so um, but we can make it more trendy with a little color tweak that's all we had to do was make it a, a nice. color and yeah, that could be applied yeah. across everything it could be applied across their packaging which we did it took us about two years to deploy it across all their packaging um, we were able to d- deploy it on their online presence and all their other
0: collaterals so i love that man that's yeah really cool yeah it might just be a little tweak like that to get you a nice fresh look and I've seen people, you know, you talk about the trend of not
1: having an icon now. I've seen companies where all they had to do to make their, to stay on trend with their brand was for that period of time, just drop the icon, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and use the yep. wordmark portion. So so I'm, we're not criticising being trendy in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. And there's probably one trend that I think that everybody should keep up with, and that's conversion trends.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what the that's what the, the the change needs to be focused on. Will it get you a better result?
1: Absolutely. And be willing to be flexible with your brand guidelines while still maintaining brand integrity to test these conversion trends because conversion trends are critical, right? If there is a proven conversion strategy that is being applied across multiple industries that works jump on that bandwagon, you know, get into it, you know, stay on trend with those things. What, what do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah, look, that's a good way to wrap it up. I think, you know, keep an eye on your competitors as well. You don't want to fall behind, but yeah, just make sure you change for the right reasons. Don't just change because they're changing, you know, make sure that it's going to get a good result in your business. Absolutely. Greg, that was an awesome topic cool man well thank you it was uh yeah just off the cuff but (laughs) i think it works so listener if you enjoyed it please go to therealmagic.com and we can continue the conversation there's a little you know chat box at the end of each blog post or podcast post Uh, and if you enjoyed the episode please go to itunes and leave us an honest review thank you listener we'll catch you on the next episode thanks greg see you later mate. thanks alan see you mate thanks for listening to the real magic podcast Hear more at therealmagic.com